The humorous poem was admirably recited, and the speaker much applauded. Among the audience was the young man of the hospital, who seemed to have forgotten his adventure of the preceding night. He had on the shoes, for as yet no lawful owner had appeared to claim them, and besides, it was so very dirty out of doors. They were just the thing for him, he thought. The beginning of the poem he praised with great generosity. He even found the idea original and effective. But that the end of it, like the Rhine, was very insignificant, proved, in his opinion, the author's want of invention. He was without genius, etc. This was an excellent opportunity to have said something clever. Meanwhile, he was haunted by the idea. He should like to possess such a pair of spectacles himself. Then, perhaps, by using them circumspectly, one would be able to look into people's hearts, which, he thought, would be far more interesting than merely to see what was to happen next year, for that we should all know in proper time, but the other never. "'I can now,' said he to himself, "'fancy the whole row of ladies and gentlemen sitting there in the front row, if one could but see into their hearts. Yes, that would be a revelation, a sort of bazaar. And that lady yonder, so strangely dressed, I should find for certain a large milliner's shop. And that one, the shop is empty.' but it wants cleaning plain enough. But there would also be some good stately shops among them. Alas, sighed he, I know one in which all is stately, but there sits already a spruce young shopman, which is the only thing that's amiss in the whole shop. All would be splendidly decked out, and we should hear, Walk in, gentlemen, pray walk in. Here you will find all you please to want. Ah, I wish to heaven I could walk in and take a trip right through the hearts of those present. And behold! To the shoes of fortune this was the cue. The whole man shrunk together, and a most uncommon journey through the hearts of the front row of the spectators now began. The first heart through which he came was that of a middle-aged lady, but he instantly fancied himself in the room of the Institution for the Cure of the Crooked and Deformed, where casts of misshapen limbs are displayed in naked reality on the wall. Yet there was this difference. In the institution the casts were taken at the entry of the patient, but here they were retained and guarded in the heart, while the sound persons went away. They were, namely, casts of female friends, whose bodily or mental deformities were here most faithfully preserved. With the snake-like writhings of an idea, he glided into another female heart, but this seemed to him like a large holy fane, temple. The white dove of innocence fluttered above the altar. How gladly would he have sunk upon his knees, but he must away to the next heart. Yet he still heard the pealing tones of the organ, and he himself seemed to have become a newer and a better man. He felt unworthy to tread the neighboring sanctuary which poor Garrett, with his sick bedridden mother, revealed. 